This is a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. Hello and welcome to Health and Living with me, Lim Su. And now as we approach the one-year anniversary since Datuk Sri Anwar Ibrahim was sworn in as the 10th Prime Minister of Malaysia on 24th November last year, we're taking this opportunity to take a look at the different issues when it comes to health and healthcare that the Prime Minister and his government can prioritise in the year to come. And this is based on issues that have been raised um, quite consistently over the past year or even in the health white paper that has been passed in Parliament. So on the first of this um, mini-series, I'm joined by Associate Professor Dr. Adina Abdullah from the Department of Primary Care at the Faculty of Medicine, University Malaya. And we want to discuss how we can move from this concept of sick care to health care with a focus on primary care, which has also been proposed by the health white paper. Thank you so much for joining me today, Dr. Adina. Thank you, Sue Ann, for having me. Now, if we first just briefly talk about this concept of sick care, right? We've been hearing people use this term, um, this term, uh, quite a bit more. Um, it was also used by former health minister um, Kari Jamaluddin when he first brought up this idea of the health white paper. Um, what do we mean by sick care in terms of the role that the healthcare system is playing? So, sick care refers to a healthcare system that is focused on treating illnesses and diseases Mm -hmm. after they have occurred, uh, rather than focusing on preventive measures that can avoid them in the first place. So this is uh, often called a reactive approach, so putting out the fire rather than preventing the fire. And this type of approaches in healthcare can actually lead to higher healthcare costs, poorer healthcare outcomes in the long run. Mm. So if we... Look at the burden of disease in Malaysia, especially we talk about this burden of non-communicable disease, right? Um, In our population, how much would you say the focus is on sick care versus preventive care based on the current situation? All right. So non-communicable diseases or NCDs uh, are a significant burden on our uh, healthcare. Mm -hmm. It accounts for about 74% of all deaths in the country in 2019. And there is a recent... uh, statistical census that came out also showed that ischemic heart disease are the main cause of death or cardiovascular disease are the mm-hmm. main cause of death uh, everywhere. So given this high burden, it is likely that a significant portion of the healthcare system uh, resources are devoted to sick care. Because if the house is on fire, you need to you know, take off the fire first mm-hmm. before you can do other things. Um, so you can see this uh, from uh, another good paper that look at the uh, expenditure by government on NCDs. Uh, this was published by uh, our Ministry of Health along with WHO um, in 2017. And it showed that uh, we spent about 9.65 billion ringgit uh, on uh, managing uh, non-communicable diseases. Uh, and these are mainly uh, in uh, primary care, but mm-hmm. also in hospitals. So when they get really sick, they get to hospitals and uh, there there is a lot of money that being spent in hospital managing uh, these diseases once mm. they already occurred. Yeah. Mm. What has led us here, Dr. Adina? Because we've been hearing about this for years and years, right? If we look at the, the past national health and morbidity surveys, the past few rounds, it's always indicated that we have a very high burden of diseases. What, why is that the case? Okay, so uh, I think if we're, we're going to start 
to ask the question of why um, is because um, previously we've been very reactive mm. in the way that we plan as well as deliver our healthcare. Um, so um, the high burden of NCD also put pressure in our healthcare system mm. uh, to focus on these patients that already have diseases because um, uh, the when you talk about preventive care, there are different levels. Mm -hmm. So when we talk about preventive care, there are primary prevention mm -hmm. where we want to prevent the disease from ever occurring. But there are also secondary and tertiary prevention where the, there is established disease, but you don't want them to get worse. For example, someone that's been diagnosed with diabetes, a lot of resources in primary care are uh, uh, being spent to reduce the complications that they may get. Right? Mm -hmm. So they might end up having dialysis, they might end up losing their feet, uh, a lot of the resources are uh, being spent to reduce this type of complications, what we call also secondary prevention. Mm. But what, what we're talking about now is actually talking more about the primary prevention, reducing the incidence of these diseases uh, in the first place. And that actually uh, will take a paradigm shift uh, within the healthcare system. Mm. But I would like to highlight also within the community and within families and within uh, other ministries. Mm. Uh, so uh, I like to quote our previous DG who said that health is the matter for all ministries, mm. especially preventive care. Mm. So that would sort of be also touching on that that whole um, category of socioeconomic determinants of health, right, Dr. Adina, where different sectors, different ministries come into play when we talk about um, preventive care. All right. Okay. Mm. Uh, so... Uh, by focusing on preventive care, our healthcare system would need to shift from uh, proactive care to more, uh, from reactive care to a more proactive mm. care. If we, I mean, a lot of people, when we think, for many Malaysians, right, I think over recent years, when we think of healthcare, we think of um, hospitals, we think of how overcrowded they are as well. Um, what does that shift to primary care look like? I think the easiest way to talk about primary care is to look at the principles of primary care. Mm -hmm. So in primary care, we, we, we aim to deliver these principles. Okay, they, they are continuity of care, meaning we are there to continuously look after you. So if you know a family doctor, right, Suen, you mm -hmm. probably go there for every single problem. So cough and cold, even when you fall. So that's mm -hmm. continuity of care. Along with that is comprehensive care. This, 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 uh, uh, this term of womb to tomb. We take care of you from your young until you are old. Uh, the next one is comprehensive care, meaning that we don't just take care of certain diseases, which in our specialists, we can see that. They, they only take care of diabetes maybe, or heart disease, mm -hmm. or bones, or ONG. Uh, and then we also uh, deliver care in the community. We deliver family care, meaning we don't just see the, the one person, we see the whole family, we see the impact of the family on the person, as well as we, we deliver preventive care. So primary care is the ideal place to start uh, delivering uh, what we call a preventive care rather than sick care, because uh, they are trained to deliver all these uh, principles uh, when they see a patient. So uh, they, 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 they take care of their patient in a holistic manner. Mm -hmm. So they just don't look at what you're having now. But if you're coming in with a cough and cold, they check your blood pressure to make sure you, that you don't have high blood pressure. Mm. Uh, uh, if you're a woman, they will ask, uh, uh, you know, do you want any contraceptive advice uh, in terms of preventing uh, pregnancy or planning your pregnancy? If you're old, they will ask you about whether you had a fall. So this is the approach that primary care will be able to deliver 
to to deliver preventive care. Hmm. We have unfortunately seen people, more and more people, you know, going straight to a tertiary centre to seek specialist care these days. How do we, what what problems do you foresee or how do we change people's mindset, Dr. Adina, when it comes to, okay, your first line of defence should be, say, your GP or your family doctor, for example? I think one thing we cannot uh, deny, uh, right, Suan, is the fact that uh, all over the country, the health clinic or what we call clinic setan mm-hmm. are overcrowded. Mm. They, they have to wait a long time to be seen by really good doctors. And we, we uh, in my centre, we are training family medicine specialists, with, mm. which are specialists within health clinic itself. Um, however, due to the overcrowding, there's a long wait, um, which might not be acceptable to our community. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I don't want to wait very long to be seen. So that is the reason, some of the reason why then patient or our citizen chose to go to a tertiary care where probably the weight is is less, um, uh, probably uh, they can uh, access the private uh, um, care facilities or mm-hmm. private hospitals, which are mainly uh, driven by a lot of specialist care rather than primary care. Mm. And when we talk about primary care, Dr. Adina, we are also including allied health professionals in this, right? Correct. Allied health professionals. People who we don't see actually take care of our health, for mm-hmm. example, uh, physiotherapists, mm-hmm. occupational therapists, uh, uh, psychologists, mm-hmm. dietitian, even your uh, your instructors, your gym instructors, <laughs> uh, even your nutritionists. You know, all those people that uh, deliver uh, health care uh, or, or, or wellness care should be considered as part of a, a primary care team, in a way, uh, trying to deliver uh, preventive care. Mm-hmm. But I also would like to highlight, uh, right, so and we're talking about all ministries, uh, obviously access to, you know what I'm going to say, access to a good park, access mm-hmm. to a, a walking path that is not dangerous and being well maintained, well lit, um, um, access to clean air, mm-hmm. access to good food, uh, quality, high nutritious quality, food, nutrition, yes, nutrition food, fruits and vegetables, you know. So, all that we'll need, all those people are the, the deliver, uh, delivery of uh, this preventive care. And okay, this is where I also would like to highlight that um, there is not a lack of uh, initiatives, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, our this government, this current uh, government under Prime Minister Anwar. Ibrahim, as well as the previous government, are doing a lot. They're putting mm. in a lot of money and into preventive care. But I think what is lacking probably is uh, the evaluation of it all. Mm. So we need to know if we do it this way, how much return are we going to get for the money that we put in? What type of behavioural changes uh, are we going to get? Um, is there? We need to engage a younger population and ask them, actually, if we're going to get you to exercise more, to eat more nutritious food, to quit smoking, quit vaping. What is it that will entice you? Mm. Uh, we need to engage the community. We need to start looking at the community, not just the healthcare professional. Healthcare professionals are very expensive to produce and then very expensive to maintain as well. <laughs> but you can get community workers or volunteers that can help the government to deliver these messages in the community and help with uh, the, the the citizen uh, in their uh, house, within mm. their housing areas and, you know, their, their kampongs, then, then that's even better. So we need this new way of thinking 
and, and, and looking at the data that we already have on the programs we, that we already delivered and see how we can uh, change, adapt and improve those uh, interventions. Hmm. It's a two-way relationship then, right, Prof. Uh, Dr. Adina? It's not just, okay, the government, say Ministry of Health, implements a particular program and then the Rakyat just receives it. But it's also a matter of understanding whether this works for the population that you're targeting and what or if and if it doesn't, what will work better? Is that right? All right. And, and I, I think that's a, that's a good segue to what I wanted to say. I always wanted to say this. So BFM, so built for Malaysia. So mm. you need a preventive care that is built for Malaysia. So there's a lot of things we need to understand. Uh, we need to understand our cultural aspects uh, of, because we have different ethnicities and cultures in our, in our country. So we need to understand how they want this preventive care to be delivered in different cultural aspects. We, uh, we need to, uh, like you say, be uh, listening to the people about what they want. Uh, we need to evaluate our program. Uh, and lastly, I think if we really need, if we really want to make primary care the main delivery of preventive care, we need to pay them properly. Okay, we have not been paying the specialists in primary care properly. Uh, you know, uh, uh, people don't want a uh, uh, cheap care <laughs> you know they don't think there's any value in that mm. uh, they think it's cheap care equals not good care so you have to be paying people who does really you know difficult work the amount that they deserve so that they can deliver the work properly so our family medicine specialists need to be remunerated better so that they can um, take care of this type of programs on top of that sick care that we talk about in the mm. beginning, right? Mm. So the sick care needs to continue. We cannot deny those people that have already been diagnosed with diabetes, hypertension, heart disease. We still need to continue to see them. But on top of that, we also need to think about new creative ideas of, pre of delivering preventive care. Mm. That's an interesting point you brought up about um, the, the specialists in primary care. Do you find that people tend to have that misconception that GPs or family medicine specialists, um, they don't, do you do find that people don't see these doctors as specialists because, you know, we in our minds, it's like if you're a specialist, you focus on a particular part of the body, right? Yeah. So I always say, because in our department, we train mm. family medicine specialists. So I always tell them, uh, uh, a lot of people will say you are a jack of uh, all trade and master of none. But I said, you are jack of all trade and master of all. Mm. So, so that's the whole point of you being a specialist. And and I think what they are uh, especially good at is delivering those principles. Mm. Uh, because it cuts across all diseases, uh, Suan. So if you have a person that has uh, that is 65 years old with diabetes, hypertension, uh, knee, knee arthritis, had a fall, mm. a bit of dementia, who are you going to, you know, see that it will cover everything? Who's, mm. Which family specialist will say, I will be able to cover everything? Uh, on family medicine specialists will be able to deliver the care uh, to this um, type of patients. Uh, they probably need our secondary care. I'm not saying that I don't need mm. secondary care specialists. I, I love them. They're my best friends. Uh, but they can then follow up with other uh, um, specialist uh, procedures or medicine or approach that they are very skilled at. But we can take care of that one whole person uh, um, in the community uh, as a family medicine specialist. Mm. As a takeaway message, Dr. Adina, looking at the year ahead, you know, what do you hope to see strengthened then when it comes to preventive and primary care? 
Evidence-based-wise, uh, changing behaviour is not easy. It's a complex uh, endeavour. Um, and like, like we mentioned before, the government has uh, been uh, investing in this preventive care. Mm -hmm. So I can quote a few. I'm sure you know, COSPEN, mm -hmm. uh, National Screening Initiative, PECA B40. Uh, so I, I think we, we need to thank the government first for their focus on this care. But I would like to uh, uh, give my humble suggestion that they do evaluate uh, the outcomes of this program uh, and and see where it works and where it doesn't work and then work with the people in the community, the people who deliver this program to, to try and improve uh, uh, the delivery of uh, preventive care. Uh, in the recent budget, mm -hmm. uh, our Prime Minister also gave a good investment in data, uh, um, securing the data. Uh, in terms of uh, IT infrastructure and also uh, servers and data centers, uh, we need to start using those data to to look at um, the trends uh, and uh, bring in data anal analytics to see how we can further improve the delivery of the care. All right. Thank you so much for sharing your thoughts today, Dr. Adina. No problem, Suan. My pleasure. I've been speaking to Associate Professor Dr. Adina Abdullah from the Department of Primary Care Medicine at the Faculty of Medicine, University of Malaya. I'm Lim Suan and this has been Health and Living, BFM 89.9. You have been listening to a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. For more stories of the same kind, download the BFM app.